Welcome to Open to Hope Radio with your host, mother-daughter team, Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi Horsley. This show is brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation with the mission of helping people find hope after loss. This show has been edited for your convenience. Now, Open to Hope Radio. Our guest today is Linda Deladonna, and our topic is getting through the holidays without your spouse. Linda Deladonna is a freelance writer who supports new widows through the grief process. A graduate of the Institute of Children's Literature and School of Hard Knocks, she writes about death, dying, and cancer and shares ways to turn an upside-down smile right side up again. She writes from the heart. Her blog, www.griefcase.blogspot.com, is written especially for widows and dedicated to Edward Sclare. Della Donna makes her home 20 miles north from where the World Trade Center used to be and wants every widow to know we're not alone. Welcome to the show, Linda. Oh, thank you so much, Heidi. Thank you, Gloria. It's very nice to be here. I'm very honored, and I, and I really appreciate the words you speak, especially uh, about being in a fog that first year. How well I know that one. Um, yeah. Could you talk a little bit about your experiences? I mean, you have written so much information for widows. It's it's amazing. I was just uh, going through all of it. It's really wonderful. And could you tell us how you came to this point of being, writing about widows? Well, after uh, my husband and I were very close. We had I didn't have a good marriage. I had a great marriage, and life with Ed was one big date. And when I lost him, it was really, really a void in my life that I didn't expect to be upset about. I thought I would be okay with it. And for a little while, I was okay, but it was just denial. And that first year was just struggling to cope. Um, The second year, it was really worse. I hate to say it, but when people say, oh, the first year is always the hardest, that's really erroneous to tell someone that. It's mm-hmm. going to be hard for a long time. Well, and, and, and Linda, I think it's good for people that are in the second year to hear that because sometimes you wonder, what is wrong with me? There's that this nothing is so much wrong harder. With you. It's so true. And there's no right way and there's no wrong way to mourn. There is only your way, and everyone is different. And each grief, each mourning is as different as a thumbprint, and there are no two alike. And it's important for everyone to realize that. Now, you're, uh, Ed died of cancer, right? Yes, he did. And was he ill for a while? He was ill a very short time, and until this point in my life, I was never able to verbalize it or write about it to anyone. I always kept that very private, and I almost um, was afraid to come on the air this morning to discuss it because it was so private. But it's it's wonderful that I am finally at a point in my life where I can honestly say without bursting into tears, yes, Edward was sick. He was diagnosed. He, we had no idea he was sick. I was his wife. I had no inkling. He was seeing a doctor. He was taking vitamins. He was a very healthy, virile man. He was working. He was. We were making plans to go to Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. We were making plans to go to Costa Rica. We were. We were living our lives. Mm-hmm. And he was on a business trip and uh, had a swelling in his neck. He didn't know what it was. And when he came home and went to the doctor, there were some tests. And very shortly after, he was. Uh, diagnosed with a stage 3 endocarcinoma, endocarcinoma wow. and esophageal cancer. Oh, my goodness. Oh. And I knew it was the end. I knew it was yeah. the beginning of the end. It was inoperable. 
the tumor was uh, at the junction between the stomach to his esophagus. And the day we got the news, I remember sitting at the end of his bed in the hospital, looking out into the window. It was a snowy day, and all I could think was, and I said it out loud, oh, my God, what will happen to me? Where now, will now, I did, go? Did you have any children? I have a grown boy. He was, um, well, he's 32 now, so he was uh, out on his own at the time. But I was all alone, right. and I was just struck. And then I realized, I looked over at my husband at the other end of the bed, and I realized I had nothing to complain about. He was the one who was dying. So but I, you're making such a good point. When somebody dies, it's so frightening for the people they leave behind. Right. Because like you said, what will happen to me? How will my life look without Ed in my That's life? That's right. And But what I did was... Um, I took his hand, and we were so close. I said, don't worry. You are not going through this alone. We will get through this together. Mm-hmm. And um, unfortunately, the diagnosis and the treatment, the, the treatment was very difficult. It wasn't, um, it couldn't help him. It, 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 there were just 96 hours of three very, very rich chemicals. Uh, and they were all treatments in the hospital that had to be given 96 hours apart. And if anyone knows anything about chemo, it kills all the cells. It just mm-hmm. doesn't go after the bad cells. Wow. So, did you? Ha- what was your hospital experience like? Did you find people supportive? Well, um, people are supportive, but then there are those. Uh, I found I found angels. Mm-hmm. Uh, a woman out of nowhere became my friend. She had been a widow, and she lent me the best support, and she was there for me throughout the ordeal. Ed died within less than six months after his diagnosis. Wow, that's amazing. He was diagnosed December 30th, and on May 1st, he was dead. Wow. But you felt that the doctors and the people there, did they help you? And and how, you know... How well, did they treat one, a widow, I mean, a, a woman who's um, husband dying? It's very difficult. They're, they're, everyone is different. There was one doctor at uh, a very well-known, big-name hospital, and he's a well-known man. He had difficulty. No one likes to lose a patient, right. and um, that man was not kind to me, and I had difficulty with one doctor. And it was it was it was a bad it was very bad. Now, what did you do? With, did you have some anger with that after Ed died? Because it's thought, very uh, interesting. I didn't have anger. I was filled with love and happiness. He had died in my arms on our wedding anniversary, mm-hmm. so I was filled with this immense love. Uh, I, I was just filled with joy and love. But after a time, you know, the empty chair that you see every day it hits after. It hits after when you have to go to the grocery store and there's no one to push the carriage with you. And also you're buying food for one person now. Exactly. And it took me time. I was buying food for two people for a long time. Mm-hmm. I, I know my mom talks about that a lot. It was very hard it's for very me. It's very sad, you know, when you think about what they liked. And did yes. you end up with anything in the refrigerator oh. that you realized that you, <laughs> he ate and you didn't? Yeah, and for years I sat, really, I realized that I sat and waited for him to come home. Mm-hmm. I had to really work hard at um, learning that I am a new. I'm in a new life now. Mm-hmm. Now, what about paying the bills and all that? Was oh, that's was- horrendous. That is the big. I urge all widows, please immediately, as soon as you possibly can, get all your papers together and get to an accountant. Put everything out and try and figure out where you are. You must learn immediately. 
Not, not, and if you cannot balance a checkbook, learn. If you're, if you're deficient in um, adding or multiplying, get to a basic math class. You can even do it online if you're, if you're unable to go out. You know, that's a really hard thing, isn't it, Linda, because you have trouble computing after that kind of a loss, adding There's, numbers. I and was then so, to, to and it. we all make mistakes. I made very, very, very costly mistakes, and I was aware that I could make them, and I still made them. And how about financial decisions? Financial decisions, my advice is this. If you don't know what to do, do nothing mm-hmm. and wait. And watch out for people there that they're there to scam you, right? Oh, be very careful That's of that. Absolutely. Do nothing without first thinking about it twice. Mm-hmm. And maybe have some trusted advisors. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I advise get an accountant, get someone trusted, not a family. And it's, not, it's wise not to seek a family member. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's important that your, your financial status be confidential. But let's move on a little bit to uh, talking about the holidays and giving those uh, widows information and thoughts. What do you have, thoughts do you have? We're so close to uh, Christmas and you have some suggestions? Well, uh, a bereavement group is always good. Um, there, it's not that misery likes company. I believe that there's, there's, there's quality and strength in number. And when you get with people who have been through a recent loss, uh, it's supportive. You don't even have to talk. Everybody is in the same boat, and, and you kind of, uh, it, it's easier to get through it. Um, I say get out. Go to a movie. Uh, if that isn't if that isn't uh, good for you, maybe you can rent a movie and bring it in. Last holiday, I was really alone. I had no one, but I was determined to get through the holiday. And what I did was I volunteered my services with the um, Salvation Army, and I stood on a street corner ringing a bell, raising funds for the army. I, I love that, Linda. Yeah, I, I do too. One of the things you say in your in your list of to-dos is exactly that. Perform acts of loving kindness, look for ways to help others. Right. And I love how you say in there so that you'll create new memories for yourself. It's important to make a new memory because from now on you want to be able to look back the next year on what you have instead of what you had. Mm-hmm. And it's important to grow to use the death as a springboard, not as a crutch. Very often, oh, I like that, as a springboard, not as a crutch. So you can talk about yourself being as a widow, yes. but that is a springboard, not a yes. crutch. Mm-hmm. It, it's important to move forward. I don't say move on because you don't want to ever forget what you had, but mm-hmm. it's important to let go. Otherwise, you cannot move forward. Now, what about holiday parties? Do you, holiday you know? parties, I say enjoy them. Um, put a happy face on, uh, paint your face lipstick red, do a nice thing for yourself, get a nice party dress out of your closet, and go with a smile on. You'd be surprised. Your friends are going to be shocked, and they're, they're the ones who are going to be uncomfortable. But you just smile and, and, and enjoy yourself, and it's, it's breaking the ice because nobody knows what to say or do for you at this time. So if you just help yourself, eventually everyone else will fall into place. And, but, you know, Linda, a lot of the 9-11 widows that I've been working with for the last six years, 
have said one of the hardest things about going to parties or getting out is that we live in such a couple world. Oh, I know. And that they have needed to find new friends it's that they can go and do things with. Um, that's why I say join a bereavement group. Mm-hmm. There's also Internet sites. Um, I know of one that's excellent, and it's in every state and, and part of the country that you can imagine. And if you like, I can even give you that. Yeah, why don't you give us that? Uh, you know, it's on the Internet, right? Yes, it is. It's meetup.com. Okay. Meetup.com. Meetup. And meetup.com, if, if you like to sew, there's a group of people who will get together and sew with you. If you like to go to the opera, there's a group of people who will go to the opera. If you're dying to go out for dinner, there are a group of people who will go out to dinner with you. And you're that. not alone, you're not with anyone, and it's not all couples. Mm-hmm. For my birthday last year, I wanted to do something special. I went to meetup.com, and there was a barbecue in my area on my birthday. Wow. So I, there were 400 people at this event. So all I could think at the end of the day was, thank you, everyone, for helping me celebrate my birthday. I had a wonderful time. Mm-hmm. I won a sack, a three-legged race. <laughs> it's important to get out there. You're, you're your own best friend, and you must find what's good for you and do it. Now, were you able to do that the first year, Linda? The first year, I will honestly say, like you and Heidi, I don't have much memory. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I got through it, and I don't think I could do very much the first year. I just was going, I was like a robot, just going through the motions. And I remember going out on my birthday that first year. My son took me out on a boat ride. All I wanted to do was go home. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to be alone. So those are normal feelings. Yes. If people are feeling that way, and you know, you're not saying you got to do meetup.com mm-hmm. right now. If it's been right. a month and, or two. And matter of fact, last year for the holiday, and I'll tell you what I did. I I volunteered my time. I handed out gifts at Christmas Eve at the Salvation Army. I baked brownies and bought them to a hospital ward, and I gave them to the nurses. Uh, these were people I don't know, I will never see again, but it felt good to do something for a nameless, faceless, anonymous person, and I just felt good about myself. I like that I, idea, nameless, faceless, anonymous yes, person. and I love that all the great. volunteer Linda is doing. Just put, you just, just call the Salvation Army and call the hospitals? Is that right. how you get it? And, and you know what? I still hear from the Salvation Army. They invite me. I was just invited down the city last week. I was at a, a luncheon celebrating their 60th anniversary. And Sam Waterston was Master of Ceremonies, and I was treated to a wonderful luncheon. That's great. And as soon as I get over this cold, I plan to stand on another windy street corner and, and ring the bell again this year. You know, I was thinking meetup.com has got to have a lot of activities going on during the holidays. They have, and they even have groups for widows and widowers. Um, it gets you out. It gets your feet wet. It gets you seeing. And the other advice I have is learn from other widows. When you get out there and you meet these other widows, learn from them. If you see something that they're doing that's good and positive, learn from that. If you see something that you really don't like that they're doing, learn from that also. Adapt what is going to be good for you and will help you get through. You don't want to be a needy woman. You want to be strong. You want to be independent. You want to be able to stand on your own two feet and, and be your own best friend. Well, I think that's a great advice for women. Uh, what about families coming during the holidays? Well, or going to their place, or you know, is that a difficult thing? Well, it is difficult. It can be very difficult. Um, what happens is uh, they want to do. 
the first year they will look to be with you. The second year they want to be their own. They want to do their own thing. And it's important that you be strong and be able to take it. And I guess it was last year, my son, he's met, he got married after my son, husband died. He wanted to um, be with her family, which was fine. Mm-hmm. I had no one. So what I did was that day, believe it or not, I ordered a turkey dinner for 10 people. I set the table. I lit the fireplace. I played carols. And I had a wonderful time. I, I I was with the dog, the cat. I opened up a photo album and I looked through and, and got some memories that I had from past Christmases and kind of communed with my dead husband. I lit a candle. I love that ritual. Yeah, it was it was my. I, I, Did I you have very, a good cry? I had a very good cry. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, I tell. In between the main course and the dessert, she had a good cry. Oh, I had this big turkey, and it was set at the table, and all the places were set. It was just fine. It it sounds crazy, but you know what? This is your time to be as crazy as you want. Right. You have a perfect excuse. You're in mourning. Mm -hmm. And like I said, there's really no right way or no wrong way. Give yourself permission to mourn. That's a great, a great thought. Absolutely. That's so important. What did you did? did are you, do you celebrate Christmas or Hanukkah? Or well, my husband was Jewish, and I felt we're ecumenical. I embrace all religions, so we always had both. Mm-hmm. And um, this year, I'm celebrating Christmas. Uh, I still light Hanukkah candles, mm-hmm. and there's always a Hanukkah uh, menorah lit in the house. But uh, I, I'm not going to synagogue this year. This will be a first in, in a lot of years. And how many years has your husband been dead now? It will be, it's three and a half years. Three and a half, so it hasn't been very long. No, it hasn't been long at all, but I've grown so much, and I work so hard at, um, at on myself that I can honestly say I've come full circle, and I can honestly say that I've let go. Um, I talk to him now and then, but we <laughs> not as often as I used to. Now, do you have any ritual way that do you do that, or do you just talk to him in his mind? And do you ever write letters to him? Oh, I've written a lot of letters to Ed. Uh I've written a lot of letters and cards. Um, I remembered for a long time I used to send a lot of cards and take them to the cemetery. I did a lot of that. Uh, Actually, after he died, I used to go to the cemetery every day. And it used to have, and, and Sundays we used to sit in bed and read the newspapers every Sunday. And uh, after he died, uh, it was summertime. I used to go every Sunday with the New York Times and and sit at the cemetery on a lawn chair with the dog. <laughs> I love that. I do too. That's what, oh. And I got a nice tan, mm-hmm. and and I learned and I read a lot. I got caught up on all my reading. <laughs> So, yeah, it was my way of uh, coming to terms with death because nobody knows, and that's the big thing, the question mark, what happens to us, and that's a hard thing. It's a a lot to process. When somebody is not coming back ever again, it's a hard thing to learn, and it takes time for the mind, the brain, to wrap itself around this. You have to, it's a process. Now, now, what you, about your okay. your son, Linda? I know you said you had a son. Does he, My does son he participate is, in these rituals with you? Um, in the George had a harder. I, it took me a while to understand that he was grieving too. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just me. Right. And one day, uh, you know, I was moaning and crying and carrying on, and he turned to me and he says, "Ma, I miss Ed too." Mm-hmm. And that till that moment, it was like a sock in the face. I realized, oh my God. 
He's grieving, too. I was so wrapped up in my own grief, I didn't realize my son, who keeps everything inside and doesn't talk much about it, mm-hmm. he was hurting, too. So, um, do you so, remember, was he, he wasn't with you during the holidays, right? Not this past yeah. holidays. And now this year, we'll see each other, but not on Christmas Day. Uh-huh. And when will you see each other? Probably uh, two days before Christmas or two days after. I'm very busy this year. I've, I've, I'm so busy now. He calls and asks when I'm free. Good <laughs> for you, Linda. Yeah, uh, he has to track me down. Uh, I'm really, I, I've, I've grown um, a new life. Uh, I often say, and sometime when I wasn't looking, I got a new life. It's exactly that. Well, Linda, we've got a caller, Beverly. Hi, Beverly. Hi. How are you doing? Good. Um, I was uh, Beverly, someone I've known for some time, whose uh, husband also died. And what I was fascinated about when I, you were talking about your husband, Ed, uh, Linda, is that Beverly's husband also died of esophageal cancer. Oh, I'm so sorry, Beverly. Hi there. Hi. Now, Beverly, how long has it been for you? Um, Steve died on February 19th, 2003. So it's been four and a half years, almost five years now. So it's a little longer than you, Linda. Oh. Now, you guys were pretty young widows, right? I was 55 when my husband died. Yep. I was 46. Oh, gosh. I'm so sorry. But, you know, 55 is still young. Yes, I know. I didn't realize how young until until it happened. Yeah, yeah. I wonder, for both of you, what about being a widow this young? How how was that? Beverly, you want to say something about that? Well, I know that it is was really hard for me to check that little box where it always says marital status. And for the longest time, I kept checking married because I still felt married. Even though Steve was gone, I didn't feel like a widow. And it, it was only in the last couple of years that I've been able to check widow and feel okay about that. And I hope that at some point I'll feel okay enough to check single because I don't, even though I'm a widow and Steve and I were married for 21 years and have two beautiful daughters. I don't want to always define myself as a widow. I know I'll always be a widow, but I don't want to feel like that's the only definition of me. Yeah. Linda, do you have a thought on that? Did you? I'm so sorry. I cannot you hear you. You're having trouble hearing her. Beverly said that she doesn't want her life to be... She doesn't want to have the definition of widow. She doesn't want that to be what her life comes down to, is that she's a widow because she's had... She had 21 great years with Steve, and they have two wonderful daughters together. She that's said she wants to check the single box. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was the, that's when I went back to work shortly after my husband died, because I had retired. I had taken a package. Our plan was to retire and uh, live the good life. I was going to write the great American novel, and he was going to uh, garden. Um, it turned out for me, I went back to work uh, briefly, and I remember having to fill out the application, and there was no box for me. I didn't know who I was. It said divorced, single, married, other. And I guess, oh, I'm other. Uh, it was a, that, that, was a, that was a kick in the teeth. That, that's when it started to hit. I didn't know what I was. I had no idea what I was. I didn't know what a widow was. So you didn't know who, what your new identity was? No, I, I had no idea who. That's exactly right. I had no idea who I was, what I was. I didn't know. At that point, I was very dizzy. And now you've met someone else, right? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I've come full circle. I know exactly who I am. And how about you, Beverly? Are you dating? Um, I'm not dating just because I haven't had that opportunity with someone who I'd be interested in dating. 
yet. But I say yet because I would be very open to that at this point. That's if you asked me that two years ago, I'd probably say, I'm not really ready yet. Right. But I was listening to what Linda was saying earlier about how um, over the holidays it's so important for us to really be our own best friend. And I found that in, re- in regard to how my friends and family treat us and treat me in specific, it's really important for me to let them know what my expectations are and what my desires are because otherwise they're kind of floundering and they don't know do we want them to invite us and include us in their holiday plans or do we want to do something on our own. So I found um, they really appreciate it when I say something like, hey, the girls and I are scaling back this year and we decided rather than the big extravaganzas we used to have, we're going to donate all of our Christmas giving to La Casa de las Madres, which was a uh, shelter for women who were being abused and had to flee in the middle of the night with nothing but the clothes on their back and their children. And when we did that, people were really happy because then they knew, oh, they, they don't have to sort of jump through hoops and take wild stabs in the dark at what we want to be included in. That's great. Well, Beverly, thank you for your Christmas ideas. We're, we've got a little bit of a connection problem, so we're going to buzz off from you and say thank you so much for calling in, and we'll uh, talk a little bit more about some of the ideas that you've come up with. Thank Thanks, you. Beverly. Have Thanks. a great Christmas. I think Beverly a good point, Lyndon and Mom. Yeah, said. tell Linda, tell Linda what the point was. You need to tell people what your expectations are. Sometimes we need to teach people how to be good grief support. That's right. Yeah, Beverly was just saying that during the holidays she's needed to tell her family uh, what they were planning, what their ideas were, so that the family could respond. Mm-hmm. That's thought, very good. Yeah, and I also liked uh, she did the same thing you did. She reached out um, and did something during Thanksgiving for some needy people. Right, and so for better, a better women's shelter. After my husband died, I went down south. I volunteered for Hurricanes Katrina and Rita. Oh, my gosh. I, I loved reading on your blog what you said about that, how you were driving around. And oh, you yeah. You I would drive around and I was helping all these people, and every so often I'd have to pull off the side of the road and I'd burst into tears, and the guy I was driving with would say to the, oh, look at her, she's so upset over everyone. I didn't have the heart to tell him. I wasn't crying for anyone but myself. I was mourning my husband. He had just died. And I love that because you put yourself in a situation where you could cry as much as you want. Oh, no yeah. one thought it was strange or odd. No. It that was... You were grieving because of what had happened with the devastation of the hurricane. It reminds me of when my brother died. I went in Colorado Outward Bound. Uh-huh. And it was the hardest program I've ever been on. He'd only been dead three months. Right. And I cried and screamed and kicked the whole way through it. And all, everyone that was on it with me said, well, it's just a hard program for her. <laughs> they had no idea I was grieving him. That's, That's exactly. why I was crying. Yes, I know. I didn't have the heart to tell anyone. They thought I was just so sensitive to everything around me, the devastation. I was just living my, my mourning period. Exactly. Yep. Well, you know... Um, it reminds me of the thought that we do also try to become very, very competent uh, after we've had a loss to get, get control, you know, right. try to find things to do that make you feel competent. And unfortunately, one of the things that happens, if people know about it very well, they don't let you do the things that make you competent. That's right. You know, and they need to give you new challenges. They need to give you new information. Uh, I'm going to get together with a, a well-known guy um in about a week, who as child died not too long ago, and I'm going to talk to him about his research and the fact that we're going to use some of his research in our next book with Eric Hippel 
And, How you know, wonderful. And, and he really has responded because I've emailed him about his child and he hasn't said anything. But now I'm asking him to be competent. And I would say to people out there, get people to ask you to be competent. Oh, it's so true. It's so oh, that's and, and also get people to ask you to help them with something because when you've had a death, you feel like such a victim. You feel yeah. so helpless. Oh and yes. If someone comes to you and says, "Hey, I need help with something," you want you want to have you want to help other people. Exactly. It it helps in the healing process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just feel so out of control, and you you really want to. It's wanna... a very hard thing, and it's a very interesting thing until you really go through it yourself. You have no idea what someone's going through. Mm-hmm. And uh, every loss is different for every person. I've lost both parents. Mm-hmm. I lost two best girlfriends. They were young. Mm-hmm. Um, my girlfriend was 53 when she died of breast cancer, and it was uh, shortly before my own husband got sick and died. Mm-hmm. And I felt very bad, uh, so bad that I couldn't go to the funeral. I was so upset about losing my girlfriend. And... Uh, and as bad as I felt for all these people, losing my husband, a soulmate, rocked me right to my core. I was not prepared. Well, it's a different kind of loss, isn't it? Uh, I mean, when, you know, you have a child die, you're missing the caregiving activities. But when you have a spouse die, from talking to my friends who have had spouses die, you, you know, it's a partnership and they've been doing half the business. Well, I felt like I had lost a limb. Mm-hmm. And I had to learn to walk again without it or, or carry on with that. It, it was very difficult. But I will tell you, um, hard work, perseverance, positive attitude, it pays off. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm really, I went for counseling for more than a year. I'm very grateful that I, I, I don't uh, feel badly or guilty about that. Mm-hmm. I recognize that I needed to speak to someone. I needed answers. I needed someone to help me through this. I couldn't do it alone. One minute, one minute. Now, Beverly was saying that um, she uh, would like to start dating again. Oh, I I think it's wonderful. And what I tell widows when they say this, that's a wonderful thing. Get ready. Go. Have a good time. Uh, give yourself permission to get out there and have a wonderful time. Do not feel guilty. You but are not you feel cheating. that other, others judge you, Linda, at all? I'm sorry? Did you feel judged at all when you started dating or not um, by others? You always will feel that. For me, I was very, I'm a very private person, and I, I, I did it very discreetly. I was very, very careful, but um, I, I, I'm thrilled. And what I did was I met someone who is not from my area, mm-hmm. so it made it very easy. I wanted to talk about online dating. What's your take on that? And people, you said, if they're ready to date in case someone just tuned in to go for it, right? Oh, absolutely. I just met someone on uh, an Internet dating site, and I, I, the results are phenomenal. That's amazing. How did it you feel amazing. about doing it? And what would you say to those folks out there who are scared well, and we hear all these bad stories? Oh, and- well, I will tell you, I, there were a lot of false alarms, um, a lot of disappointments, uh, be very careful. Be honest. Look for someone who's uh, – there's profiles you have to read through, uh, and then you meet at a uh, at a nice place. You know, I, I suggest coffee, nothing mm-hmm. so that if you're not happy, you can get up and leave. And don't be afraid to say, oh, this isn't going to work. I, I, I know myself it, would, it got to the point where I'd say, I'm sorry, this – 
I once met a man, uh, we were supposed to meet for coffee, and he was in the parking lot, and I realized he lied about his profile. Uh-huh. His, his picture was not what it was, what he looked like. And before we even went in, I know he wanted, I, I was in no mood. I said, no, this isn't going to work. No, I'm sorry. I, I just ended it right there. No, let's not waste each other's time. And, um, I say, know who you are. Get out there. The more people you meet, the more people you're going to know who you want to meet. I had uh, some experiences that are, keep a sense of humor. Always keep a sense of humor. And have a good time. And, and then, I, Linda, is the guy that you ended up meeting that you hit it off with, is he a widower? No, which is surprising because I had figured I had to be with a widower. Mm-hmm. I discounted all divorced men. I, the few that I had met didn't understand, and I felt uh, alienated. This gentleman uh, had been uh, a bachelor for 12 years, mm-hmm. and uh, we just hit it off the first time we met. The chemistry was incredible, and we were laughing and having a good time, and I was having such a good time that I was afraid... Uh, I would scare him off. So I got very quiet and said goodbye, and I didn't think I'd hear from him. I worried that I wouldn't hear back from him. And I did hear the next day, and I was invited uh, someplace that weekend, and I went. Uh, it was a, a day trip on a, on a boat, and I went. Uh, and then after that, there was another... By the third day, we were a couple. I mean, it was just incredible. Now, does he remind you of Ed, or are they completely Oh, there are so many qualities about him that are Ed-like. It's Mm -hmm. incredible. And matter of fact, he made a joke the first time he met my son. He says, oh, hi, George. He says, your mother only called me Ed three times today. (laughs) (laughs) That is so cute. And and it sounds like he's not threatened by the fact that you have all these wonderful memories of Ed. What's wonderful about this man is, Mm -hmm. and I met a lot of men who are threatened. Right. And those are the men, you know, that's unfortunate for them. This man is so confident in himself and his abilities and he like you said before get someone to build confidence you in you that's what he does with me he's always building confidence in me and he's always it's just it's just a good match and, and he's got a great match. sense of humor and humor is so important in dealing with yeah and, tragedies ha- and exactly exactly i'm very very happy i recommend it i gotta tell you um I was. I didn't think it. I, had, I was dubious, but it was my son who said, "Ma, go on." And he said the internet dating site, and I said, "Oh." He says, "Go ahead, go out, have a That's, good time." I, I like give your, your son. I give George so much credit. A lot of children, no matter how old they are, would not say that, and they're very hesitant about their parents going out and dating. And, and they again. would say that silly and yeah. whatever. My son That's is very uh, innovative in his thinking. And he's a Gen Xer, definitely. And he was the one who encouraged me. Please, Mom, get on. And, and your son is a very selfless person. He realizes that you need to go and have a life. Yes, yes, yes. It's, it's working out really well. And uh, I, actually, it's our four-month anniversary next week, and we're already a couple, and we're making plans and doing things. that it, It's just incredible. I feel like I've got a bonus in life. And the interesting part is he's the same age as my husband would have been. Wow. Well, we've talked, you know, when we, the topic of the show is getting through the holidays uh, without your spouse. What about the men? Have you got any observations on widowers? Um, I think that for widowers, and, and the research I did was this. If the average age for a woman to be widowed is 55, and the widows that make it are the ones who work hard at giving. Mother Cabrini was a widower, was a widow, and she founded the, the nuns, the Catholic charity, mm-hmm. and she did works of, of good, 
of goodness. And there was there there are other there was Jackie Kennedy. There was there are uh, Eleanor Roosevelt. These women are real good examples of how to move forward. And they were strong people. They the longer a woman stays single after she is widowed, the longer she will remain single. Oh, that's an interesting... Mm-hmm. Uh, and the men, on the other hand, and that's because the men, widowers, they will look to marry very soon after. I would mm-hmm. think that that would be the case, cause they're, and I think a lot of them are used to... I met a man who didn't know how to turn on a gas stove. Mm-hmm. Right. They're used to being taken care of, and also women reach out to other women for support. Men often reach out to their spouse for support. That's right. And the longer a woman waits, because a man will remarry very soon, it means the pool, the man pool, gets smaller. Oh, that's interesting, because there is a small man pool anyway, mm-hmm. because it's the women, it's the, the men that are dying women. earlier, right? Right. So we've got this small pool there. Right. Men die, men die sooner, women become widows earlier, and the longer they wait, the, the man pool gets very, very, it, it, their chances are slim. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is I tell women, take care of yourself, comb your hair, be good to yourself, go mm-hmm. for a manicure. There's nothing wrong with making yourself attractive. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to be proud of who they're with. Mm-hmm. So I, I have to think about my mother. She was quite a character. She, um, After my dad died, uh, she... a couple of years later, uh, she noticed that her old boyfriend's wife died. And so she called him up, and uh, they just uh, struck up a whole uh, Isn't that relationship. Fabulous? And it was wonderful. They dated in college. Oh, how wonderful. And they had more fun together. Didn't and they, I honey? love how Phyllis was proactive and called him after all those years. Yeah. Yeah, she called him right up after all those years. And the funny part was she met him, like you said, she met him in a tea room, you know, mm-hmm. during the day. And she said, I walked in, and I thought, I wonder who that old man is. <laughs> <laughs> Because she was 80 when she did this. Oh, well, it's wonderful. And everyone needs to feel loved and to give love. It's just really a wonderful, wonderful way of, of of being alive. Life is for the living. Yeah, I like that. Well, let's let's talk about your five do's to get through because one of them is lo- the first one. Number one, five do's to get through is to love yourself this holiday, right? Absolutely. Uh, do what's good for you. Make new memories, but do what's good for you. Take yourself out. Pamper yourself a little bit. Um, I wrote that article uh, a while ago, so uh, I, I, it, I need some refreshing. I'll here. give you. Uh, well, no, that's pretty much what you said. And don't be afraid to ask, ask yourself out loud questions. Where do you want to go? Oh, what do yeah. you want to do, and who do you want to see? <laughs> oh, yeah, I talk to myself. I used to drive along and talk to myself all the time, and it's such a habit. Uh, the, the the gentleman I'm with now will come into a room and say, who are you talking to? <laughs> oh, myself. <laughs> and then you say, give yourself permission. I love that, to mourn, oh, to grieve, yes. to laugh, to cry. Oh, mm-hmm. yes, it's really important. Um, give yourself permission. There's no right or wrong way to grieve. There's only your way. And like I said before, grief is like a, a, a thumbprint, no two alike. You're mm-hmm. entitled to be, be sad when you need to be sad. And perform acts of loving kindness. We have Get that out in there. there and help. Just extend a helping hand. And you don't have to stand on a street corner and freeze to ring a bell. If you can't do that, uh, there's other ways of helping your neighbor. 
find out if someone in your own neighborhood or in your join a community. Uh, if you're if you belong to a church or a synagogue, find out if you can wrap, make sandwiches for they 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 have a. Oh, you can make sandwiches and they bring them down the city to the homeless. Mm-hmm. You can get together some gloves. I took uh, a drawer of, of Ed's and out of his closet I took coats and gloves one winter and I took them to the homeless shelter. Mm-hmm. The best and thing I did this Thanksgiving was me and my son went to the a food pantry and bought canned goods and stocked them there. And it was, oh, it's, it's such a wonderful feeling. Oh, how to nice. Back. Absolutely. That's great. And uh, your number four was to get out, and I, I think that is so, you know, even to walk to the mailbox or walk mm-hmm. around the block for some of these folks, you've got to get out of the house. Absolutely. Go for a walk. Get out of the house. That's so true. Mm-hmm. Get up and get out. And, you know, do get over it. I thought that was interesting. <laughs> do begin each day by reminding yourself that you're important and that life is for the living. I think that is so great. You know, it's important not, we can define ourselves as uh, the stereotypical widow dressed in black, sad, you know, not doing anything, or we can define ourselves as, you know, kind of the, I don't know, what would we call it? Would there be another name for widow? Do you like widow? I hate the word widow. It reminds me of a spider. Um, we're just we're just independent ladies who are now searching for a new identity, a, a new me, a and new a few you. men out there too. And a, yes, and there's nothing wrong with looking and being interested in the opposite sex. You're not cheating. If you think that way, get over it. Stop that. Right. And I like what you said at the end when you said, "So what are you waiting for? Do it. I dare you." Yeah. Well, I also tell people finger hug your pen, and and what I lovingly refer to as a joinal. Uh, write in it. Write a memory. Ah, that's a nice idea. You have been listening to Open to Hope Radio. You can sign up for our newsletter, Facebook, and Twitter on our homepage at opentohope.com. 